and welcome to In Conversation With, the monthly podcast series brought to you by the team that produced the Global Cosmetics Newsfeed. 2023's theme is Circular Cosmetics. This month's topic is personal care, and I'm your host, Siobhan Murphy. Could solid personal care products be the future of circular cosmetics? Solid formulas cut down on packaging, reduce water consumption, and are perfect for travel. But how can the industry convince the consumer to swap bottles for bars? To help me answer these questions and more, it is my pleasure to introduce you to this month's panel. Hello to Professor Hugenholtz, CTO at No Palms Ingredients, Ben Grace, founder at Subtract Skincare, and Samir Lakhani, CEO of EcoSoap Bank. Welcome, everybody. Huron, let's start with you. What are the consumer challenges and where are the opportunities for no palm ingredients in the circular personal care? No palm ingredients uh, provides uh, a sustainable alternative to uh, all kinds of oils and fatty acids that are currently derived from uh, vegetable oils like palm oil. We use a fermentation process to produce the same amounts of uh, the same types of oils and fatty acids. And we do that on the basis of waste. So we convert waste, uh, making it a really sustainable process. And we do it locally, so we don't have to transport it from far away tropical countries. And we provide that as a perfect replacement of uh, the various oils and derivatives that are currently used in the personal care business. So um, we think uh, that with this way, we uh, can provide consumers a product which has a much lower CO2 footprint, a 90% or even more reduction in CO2 footprint versus the products that are currently massively used in the personal care business. That's subtract, Ben. What are the consumer challenges and where are the opportunities for circular cosmetic personal care products? I think for me, when I when I first set out to kind of launch Subtract, it was clear that a generation is waking up. You know, we're all making small conscious choices that cumulatively can make a big difference to, you know, our environmental impacts, whether that's reducing our dairy, how we carry our water, our shopping, the kinds of trainers we buy, all these kinds of small, small choices that can make a big difference. And I think I think what's important about that is it demonstrates that people are willing to change their behavior for the benefit of the environment, as long as the brand still speaks to them and that it delivers on its performance promise. So for me, that's where I see the big opportunity. And, you know, for me, it was that, the, you know, looking at the beauty industry, it, it felt like the premium or prestige brands that were out there were slow to sit up and take notice of this change. That's not because they're bad people. It's just because they're large organizations. It's very difficult just to reverse out of packaging practices and manufacturing principles overnight. And so for me, I felt quite privileged that I had full visibility of the problems that I wanted to tackle. And the first was plastic and the problem with plastic pollution. The second was water scarcity, the fact that 844 million people around the world lack access to clean, safe water. Anything up to 70 or even 80% of a traditional moisturizer or cleanser can be water content. So that's water we don't need to use and water that we don't need to be charging our customers for. And then finally, an over-reliance on palm oil. So palm oil is obviously so widely used, it's almost a victim of its own success. Yeroon, I'm sure you know a huge amount more than I do on this, but in terms of how high the yield is, etc. And so for me, it made sense to just steer clear of that ingredient altogether and look for a palm-free alternative. So that's what I decided to do. 
the only way I could see to tackle those three problems effectively was what brought me to solid skincare. And that's really where I see the key opportunity. Of course, now the, the key is to kind of demonstrate to the customer that there is no compromise on performance. You can still get the very best ingredients. You get great value for money because the products last longer and um, and you're doing right by the environment. So that's our challenge over the next year or two. And talking personal challenges, Samir, what are the consumer challenges for EcoSoap? Thank you so much for the question. Uh, as a reminder, my name is Samir Lakani, and I'm the founder of EcoSoap Bank. EcoSoap Bank does something simple but very powerful. We employ economically disadvantaged women all over the world to recycle leftover soap from factories which are redistributed to children or refugees in need in order to save lives. In terms of the consumer challenges, it may surprise people to know that 2.3 billion people around the world cannot access a bar of soap because it is too expensive for them. Meanwhile, the soap industry worldwide will generate about a quarter billion bars worth of virgin soap waste every single year. So to answer your question, the opportunity is blatantly in front of us. If we can recycle leftover soap at scale, we will be able to manufacture a deeply affordable product because in most cases to recycle a product, particularly in ours, is cheaper to manufacture than making a virgin product. And in that sense, we have an amazing opportunity to cut down on the 2.3 billion people around the world who can't access a single bar of soap. And Huron, talking about virgin products, what are the technical challenges and where are the opportunities for no palm ingredients in the circular personal care space? Well, thank you for this question. Um, challenges that we see, the technical challenges, is to source enough of the waste streams, the side streams from the food industry to be able to produce significant amounts of our uh, oil and fatty acids. So that means that we will interact with various companies that have large waste and side streams and co-locate with them just to be most efficient and to avoid large transportation of feedstock to our process. And the opportunities are, of course, uh, huge also uh, with respect to uh, circular production because we are currently already working with companies like uh, Colgate, Palmolive that have their own huge waste streams in the several activities that they have within this company. What they provide us with is a side stream that we can ferment and convert into the oils and fatty acids that they uh, can use in their uh, home and personal care products. So there we see also a huge opportunity. Indeed. And talking no palm oil, Ben, what are mm. the technical challenges at Subtract? So I think, as I said, it was really important to me, given the link to deforestation and threatening habitats and all that kind of thing, it was really important to me to be palm oil free. But if I'm honest, it's one of the things that has limited the amount of choice we have in terms of the ingredients that we use in some instances. What we've seen over time is that that, that choice has increased dramatically as, as companies like Jeroen's have, have 
seek to produce alternatives that are of equal or better quality or better performance than the traditional ingredients. And we've seen that not just with palm oil, but also what we've found is that other ingredients have come onto the market that enable us to do something, things that are really, really special in the world of skincare. So for example, we've launched the world's first solid zero waste retinoid with the use of granactive retinoid, which is a really stable form of retinoid that's also lower irritation on the skin. Uh, we've also produced the world's first um, zero waste vitamin C product as well. Again, finding so vitamin C derivatives are typically water soluble and so we weren't able to use that because obviously we don't use any added water in our products but we've managed to source an oil-based vitamin C derivative that delivers incredible performance and that's enabled us to really take a step forward so what we see is that yes there are technical challenges but over time you know with all the innovation that's out there in the space people are really looking at how they can create ingredients that work in a solid format and can kind of be um, can really deliver on performance and efficacy which is fantastic I guess the other technical challenge of course is the packaging challenge and again we've looked beyond our own industry actually which is I think I think really important and we found a material that was actually developed for the catering industry and that is the carton board certified domestically compostable carton board that we've used that also has a yeast lining on the inside to stop any leaching of any oils or any of the ingredients into the into the packaging. I think that's the other thing to say, you know, there's just obviously got to be a lot of innovation in the packaging space as well. And obviously that's happening a lot at the moment. So that's all really encouraging. So I feel like whilst there are challenges, those challenges are being knocked down one by one. Indeed they are. And Samir, what are the technical challenges for EcoSoap? Manufacturers all over the world will generate all different sorts of waste materials. It might be packaging, it may be uh, end finished products, it may be rejects. And one of the largest technical challenges we've seen in the industry is the inability to segregate materials in different waste streams. And EcoSoap Bank works hand in hand with large soap manufacturers in order to segregate these waste streams, in order to single out virgin bar soap materials that can later be recycled and redistributed in order to save lives. Additionally, beyond the technical aspect of waste management, which we integrate directly with our soap donors to collect the truckloads of waste volumes that are accumulated. One of the issues is simply lack of awareness that there is a solution out there for bar soap waste. And so I would, I would encourage a call to action for all large soap manufacturers around the world to look at recycling their bar soap waste with Eco Soap Bank or any other provider and not to allow it to go to landfills. And talking waste material, Jerome, what are the environmental challenges and where are the opportunities for no palm ingredients in the circular personal care space? Well, let's first start with the opportunities. Um, we have uh, done uh, calculations supported by external parties showing our reduction in CO2 footprint. And we see 
that uh, more than 80 kilograms of CO2 per kilogram of oil produced can be saved by using our technology versus uh, the use of palm oil. And if you take the whole palm oil industry, it's about 2% of the global CO2 footprint annually. There is a tremendous effect if you can change over to uh, this microbial oil that we produce. The challenge for us is to keep it low-tech. We are trying to avoid as much as possible the precision fermentation using very well controlled and very energy consuming uh, fermentation equipment, but we use the more simple brewery setup. And that has worked out so far, and we are showing that this is also very much scalable. So that will be our challenge to do that based on the various side streams and waste material that we are going to use in the future. Subtract, Ben. What are the environmental challenges and where are the opportunities? I don't really see any specific environmental challenges. I see more as an educational challenge in terms of bringing the customer up to speed on the fact that they don't have to compromise on performance, that they can have this incredible skincare experience without it having to come in plastic packaging or without it having to contain water or palm oil. That's, of course, a big challenge for us. And then the opportunity, of course, is massive. I mean, the idea that we can reduce the amount of plastic going out there into the environment is such a huge opportunity, I believe. And being able to deliver the very best skincare in that format is a, is a huge, huge opportunity. If 50% of us in the UK recycling our bathroom waste, then surely there's a better option available which is zero waste skincare in my opinion i think going back to this idea of education it's understanding what is meant by the circular economy understanding what is meant by something being recyclable or recycled i think that's really important i think understanding that there's a lot of greenwashing out there the idea that we can recycle ourselves out of this problem is flawed you know we don't have the infrastructure in the uk or in the us to recycle the amount of recyclable waste that we're throwing in the recycling bin and so often it goes off to landfill or gets incinerated or gets shipped overseas and can end up in our ocean so they are all threats to the environment but of course that's the opportunity to tackle those challenges through the use of expert zero waste skincare Samir, you are in the process of trying to tackle those challenges, but for your company at the moment, is it an educational challenge now or is it a marketing challenge? We view this in two ways. The first is we are working very, very hard to raise the profile of the nonprofit organization so that every large soap manufacturer around the world knows that there is a solution and a pathway for their bar soap waste. However, secondly, and to your point, to change the hygiene behavior of billions of people around the world who use the product sparingly or not at all is a very, very difficult task. Our attempt to change behavior on a large scale is by manufacturing what we call nudge soap bars. Soap bars that, for example, excite a child's curiosity by manufacturing it in fun shapes and colors and sizes, such as hearts and stars for children, through our distributions have shown an increase in child hand-washing frequency by 350%. And not only that, we have seen general disease reductions of upwards of 43% around the world through our interventions. And so the opportunity is grand. 
by recycling waste, we can create a positive feedback loop where we not only save lives, but change behavior of millions of people around the world. Wow, that's impressive. So, Yuan, what are the regularly challenges for this? And where are the opportunities for no palm ingredients in the circular personal care space? Well, I see uh, as a challenge um, that um, there is not much uh, rules and legislation in place, basically, to label or to show that your product is really uh, circular or natural or sustainable. And that makes it difficult, basically, uh, to really differentiate your product from others. I think there is still uh, quite a lot of greenwashing going on in this area. So there, I think legislation is lagging behind. But I also see lots of opportunities with respect to legislation, because if you look at, for instance, use of palm oil legislation around deforestation, by providing our solution and by these rules and legislation becoming much more strict in the future with respect to deforestation, there's a huge opportunity for a company like ours that offers a deforestation-free oil that can completely replace palm oil. So lots of possibilities there for companies like ours. Indeed there are. And at Subtract, Ben, what are the regulatory challenges and where are the opportunities for your brand? The main challenge that I see is that this is a global problem, whether it be the palm oil issue or whether it be the plastic problem. So consequently, it takes global action. And that, I guess, is one of the biggest challenges. And so if I was to encourage anyone who's listening today to do anything with your time, it would be to go to earthday.org and sign the petition for a global plastics treaty, because I think that will have the biggest impact and that will urge governments to negotiate a new legally binding global agreement that tackles plastic pollution. Of course, that is a massive challenge, you know, orchestrating all of that. And that's part of the problem with the situation we find ourselves in today is that from a brand perspective, there's all sorts of brands coming out there with new formats, different ways of doing things, sometimes refillable, sending packaging back, going to store, filling packaging up, you know, all that kind of thing. But the infrastructure isn't really there to support it. And that's why I think zero waste, solid skincare with compostable packaging offers the perfect solution to that, because obviously you don't need that infrastructure in place. And the way I think of the circular economy isn't always just about piece of packaging going full circle and coming round again and round again. You know, arguably it's about generative approach to beauty and skincare specifically in the way that we farm our ingredients, but also the way that our packaging is compostable and then can be fed back into the environment, be additive and help the environment to thrive. So I feel like that is a huge, huge opportunity. But like I said, I think to tackle the kind of plastic pollution problem specifically is a global problem and needs a global plastics treaty. And talk about regenerative actions and global treaties, Samir. What are the regulatory challenges for your company? Beyond the social and environmental value proposition of reducing waste, employing women, and saving lives, there are a couple of economic value propositions that we offer to participating uh, soap manufacturers. Most commonly, uh, uh, manufacturers can avoid landfill or tipping fees by partnering with our organization. 
but in terms of the regulatory differences from country to country, every country uh, values uh, in-kind donations or the donations of products differently. We have worked very hard as an organization in order to understand these laws, in order to maximize write-offs for soap manufacturers all over the world, in order to maximize their in-kind donation values to organizations such as EcoSoap Bank. One of the, one of the messages I would like to impart is that to donate product uh, allows for a uh, financial monetary value uh, by which organizations can write off the value of that philanthropic donation. And that is one, if you will, uh, piece of the puzzle in terms of moving the needle in terms of getting to a zero bar soap waste world. And talking about zero bar waste world, Huron, what does progress look like in 12 months time at no palm oil ingredients? Okay, for us, the um, progress lo looks as follows. We are now quite far in raising funding for our expansion to a larger R&D facility where we will be able to produce or do our fermentations at 5,000 liter scale. With that, uh, we can produce hundreds of kilos of oil and we can already provide some of the smaller startups in the area of home and personal care products and cosmetics with some of our products. And we actually expect that within 12 months with such customers, we will be on the market with our ingredients. Of course, we want to contribute uh, also at a much larger scale to higher productivity. For that, we will need much larger brewery type of uh, fermentation setups, which we will start building uh, within uh, the next year, but they will be probably also uh, finished by 2025 or even later. So then we will really start contributing to uh, reducing the CO2 footprint. But that is what the near future looks like for us. And at Subtract Beauty, Ben? I think it's more incredible skincare products with the very best ingredient. So we'll be expanding the range to give people a greater choice. I guess meet all their skincare needs. <laughs> the other thing is to take more partners on board. So we've been very fortunate this year to partner with the likes of Naturismo, which is the home of Conscious Beauty, Harrods and Age Beauty, and also Sephora UK. So we've got some incredible partners on board already, and we'd be looking to broaden that. In all those places, we are the only zero waste option available offering expert skincare formulations. So we'll be looking to bring that to a nationwide. I think the other thing to say is collaboration is going to be key. I think collaboration between brands is key tackle these problems. I know you've had Laura from Evolve on this podcast a couple of weeks ago, and she's been incredible, certainly since the launch of Subtracting, supporting me and sharing information and just helping me on my journey. And I think that's absolutely key in terms of, as I say, different brands collaborating together, but also brands collaborating with raw material suppliers as well. And I'll certainly be reaching out to Jeroen uh, to discuss his oil, his fantastic oil, um, and how we can integrate that into our formulation. That's just one example. And then I guess the other things that, you know, what success looks like is the ratification of the Global Plastics Treaty, as I mentioned, and really more brands kind of thinking about and adopting this regenerative approach to beauty. And I'm saying that not to say that we're there and we're doing it. You know, it's a very lofty goal. 
but I think it's absolutely the direction in which the industry should be should be travelling. Talking about the way the industry should be travelling, Samir, is collaboration key for EcoSub's growth in the next 12 months? I want to thank you for creating this forum here today. Over the next 12 months, we have a singular vision to become a household name for all industrial-sized soap manufacturers and all FMCGs globally, so that at least they are sensitized to the fact that there is a solution for bar soap waste. Furthermore, in the market, we have received a number of inquiries with regards to smaller artisanal or craft soap makers who generates, uh, albeit smaller volumes of waste virgin bar soap. And so in response, we have created a program called the Scrap Pack Program, where soap manufacturers of any size, large to small, can participate in donating their soap, scrap, and leftovers. Please visit ecosoapbank.org for more information. And with that, I would like to thank all my guests, Hiron, Ben, and Samir, for joining me today, and to you for listening. Mm-hmm.